0: Blaze, ashes, block, boo, broccoli, burrito, Bernie, that's my dad's name, charge, and my personal favorite, the devil's lettuce. I think we've all probably heard that one before, right? We're talking about marijuana. And I want to say before we start, like we're not just trying to launch off of, of a hot topic to try and get attention. Um, There's a lot more to this than just marijuana and we're gonna get into that, but it is definitely something that we've all seen, right? It's all been all over the news. Like a month ago when marijuana became legal, I remember I was on White Avenue Uh, Just not for my own consumption of marijuana, but just happened to be there. And it was packed. And I couldn't even find parking because it was just crazy. I couldn't figure out. I didn't put two and two together. But go around the corner to where the dispensary is, and there's this massive lineup. There's this little girl selling Girl Guide cookies, and she's just brilliant, making a killing over there for all these people who are, like, anticipating their munchies. Um, And it's definitely something we've noticed. And I think that as church... Sometimes, when we've talked about this, or we absolutely haven't, we can appear to be, um, as Church, like the old man in that video. I, I love how, as he's giving his son crap for being, for being caught with marijuana, he's lighting a cigarette and pouring himself a, a glass of whiskey at the same time. Also, I really love in that video how the teenage son was clearly 37. Like, he's balding, like, he's definitely over the age of 35, that's, that's what I got out of that, for sure. But honestly, we, to talk about this is something I think is important. And to talk about—the uh, biggest problem I think that we can do as a church is to hide behind, um, you know, legality. And that's what the church in general—not saying just Eaglemont Church, but church in general has kind of done over the last 50 years. I can kind of speak to it, because I've only been alive for almost 30 of those. But the easy out was, oh, can I smoke weed? Well, we're talk, we talk about it, well, no, it's illegal. You can't do that. There's, it says in the Bible, don't break the law, don't, bra- don't break the law, don't smoke weed. we super, super easy out. Well, now it's not so simple, right? Because it is legal. I could go onto a website right now and purchase cannabis products, uh, whether that's gummies or different, different baked goods or whether that's the old-fashioned way of, of smoking it or using it in vaporizers, whatever that is. It's a real thing. So the conversation needs to be had a little bit here, and I really don't want to ever be seen as the ignorant old man in that video. Man, if you're looking for a good time, go onto YouTube and search up even like 1980s, like anti-cannabis videos. There's some with the Ninja Turtles in them. There's some where people are like melting into their couch. And that's the problem is it wasn't just the church that kind of took a really hard lined and maybe not so logical approach to having a conversation about this, where they basically told kids, I remember uh, even when I was in high school, like 10 years ago, uh, a policeman coming in to talk to us about meth, and we all know meth is like, you can take it once and you could die. You could be addicted, it literally, like we, we all know what meth does. If you don't Google it, it's pretty gruesome. But he said when he was in high school, the policeman would come in and tell them how they were gonna grow three extra arms if they smoked weed, or they'd end up, losing their home and, and dying on the streets because they smoke marijuana. And he even said this, he's like, that wasn't necessarily true. Uh, We've we kind of had an agenda, and, and now people don't take us as seriously on other things because clearly it didn't happen for a lot of people. Now, that's not to say that there's no negative impact of pot. There obviously are. There's, there's cognizant delays. There's, there's problems for different people who have pre-existing mental illness. There's actually heightened... Um, Amount uh, or stats of people who regularly consume marijuana who become susceptible to mental illness. There is negative things that come from it but at the same time over the last X amount of years we've also seen some positives on the medical side of things or people claim to be able to uh, deal with depression and stuff like that way more. So whether it's medical whether it's not we need to be able to have a balanced conversation about this. And it would be ignorant, it would be wrong for us as church to not kind of give some examples. So the question that we asked is, can I take it? Can a Christian or someone who follows a Jesus-based life consume cannabis or cannabis-based products? And this is the thing, I'm, as a pastor, I'm not going to come up here and say, yes, you can, or no, you can't. I have my own opinions on that, and I think everyone in this room would probably have a different opinion on that. Even if it's the the same side of the coin, you might go to different degrees. Now, that's not me coming up here and saying, well, Jeff said that, you know, a pastor won't say yes or no, so I'm going to go smoke weed right after this because he gave me the green light. That's not what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is, realistically, if you really want to smoke weed or consume cannabis products, you're going to find a way to justify it. You're going to, you need to be able to figure it out on your own, and we need to be able to ask ourselves some questions. Basically, if you're only not doing something because your pastor said not to, that's not a good reason. We need to be able to look at it through a biblical lens, through the Bible, and that's what we do here at church. Everything we do is through the lens of God's word that he gave us. We need to be able to look at it, think about it, analyze ourselves, analyze the Bible, analyze what God wants for us, and then take a look at it. You know, there are some things like, if I as a pastor say, don't murder people. You should just, you don't have to think much about that. This is a little bit different. But on this conversation, there, there needs to be self-analysis. And that's what I hope to walk us through here today a little bit. So we talked about the Bible. The Bible is literally the basis for everything we do. As someone who follows a Jesus-based life, you're following the Bible. If the Bible doesn't say it, then it's not accurate. That's what we base everything on, because God gave us that word to kind of check and balance our lifestyles on. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work, it takes a little bit of study, but there's some really good stuff. It's super relevant for everything in our life today. So what does the Bible say about pot? To be honest, it doesn't really say anything directly at all. It doesn't say, I don't see the word ganja or devil's lettuce anywhere in Leviticus, or in any book of the Bible. It'd be really nice if if when Jesus was on earth, he was just like, hey man, don't smoke dope. But Jesus didn't have the D.A.R.E. program going around. Jesus didn't nail that one directly. So does that mean that there's no reason to even think critically about it? Does that mean that he's totally okay with it? I would hesitate to say that. But here's what I found in the Bible about kind of related things. In Genesis 1, it says this. And that's the first book of the Bible. God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. There you go. He gave us all the plants. I've actually heard this as an example before as to why it should be totally fine to, uh, to smoke weed. So he says, you have all these plants. I gave them to you. Behold. There you go. The only thing is in there, he's talking more about food, and and literally it says food. So I'm thinking more vegetables and stuff like that. And nowhere in Genesis 1 there does it say anything about taking marijuana or anything and smoking it, or rolling it up in paper and then inhaling it, or anything like that. So I'm not going to take that as a direct reference to it. It's not quite that simple. Now, one of the biggest consistent comparables that we'll find in scripture is when we talk about marijuana because there is a sense of intoxication that's not an opinion that's a fact that's part of the process of consuming it there's a response there's a chemical response that your body has so one of the greatest comparables we can find in that is drinking right People kind of, even in this conversation, why wouldn't we legalize it? Well, alcohol is allowed, and that generally becomes a more dangerous thing when consumed in high amounts. There's a lot less. I've, I'm yet to hear a story of somebody who smokes marijuana and goes absolutely crazy and becomes violent and becomes. And maybe someone has, I don't know, but I haven't heard that one. I've heard lots of cases of, of alcohol destroying marriages and families in a negative way like that, but I haven't heard that about marijuana. So they become comparable. So let's take a look at intoxication and drinking in the Bible. And it says in Ephesians 5.18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. That's a big old-fashioned word. But be filled with the Spirit. This is a good one. Galatians 5.21, Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God really grows quickly there, from envy to orgies. I'm not sure how it just goes that quickly. But next one is 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober-minded, be watchful. 1 Corinthians six ten: Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor uh, revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And Proverbs 23 says, Be not amongst drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and the slumber will come to them with rags. So, does casual pot consumption constitute a casual drink? It's difficult. It's difficult to really compare uh, because they're not the same thing at all. You know, I, I haven't personally tried marijuana in my life, but I know for a fact from talking to other people that taking one, one joint and having one beer is probably a different conversation. They're completely different. They're almost incomparable. And the Bible actually says, well, it's very obviously in those last couple of verses, very, very, very accurately points out the negative things that are revolving around alcohol, it doesn't necessarily directly talk about weed, but it also talks in a positive light about alcohol at the times. There's a celebratory attitude towards alcohol at certain points. Uh, we see in, I talked about this last access, uh, First Timothy, uh, Paul who's like a mentor, a spiritual mentor to this younger guy named Timothy. He's having stomach problems. He says, take a little bit of wine for your stomach. So there there's, there's an intentional use. He didn't say it's evil. He told him to use it. Uh, Jesus actually turns water into wine at a wedding and then basically serves it. So there's, there's an element of celebration to that. That's something that Jesus did. Jesus didn't go and turn paprika into marijuana either though. So It would be really nice if he did, and then we could have that conversation. But what I'm trying to get at is that there isn't a direct comparable. So it's not like we can look to Scripture and just say, okay, here is what it is. Here is what it says about marijuana specifically. And even looking at alcohol, it doesn't necessarily compare as well. But it does talk about drunkenness, which can loosely be translated to intoxication, which has a relationship, obviously, to marijuana. We can make some comparables on those things. And it's very clear, do not get drunk. So then we get into this area of, well, how much is too much with alcohol? Where's, where's the line with marijuana? Is that the same thing? We don't have a comparable. So what I want to talk about is the gray areas. I want to talk about the gray areas of Scripture that don't necessarily have a direct line. And it's not just alcohol, it's not just just, uh, marijuana, it's not just all these things where where we don't have a direct thing for you to read word for word, descriptive, that says, yes, this is... Like, we have the Ten Commandments, right? Like, thou shalt not murder. Easy. Can't really... Like, even thou shalt not, or just you shouldn't. You will not. Yeah, that's direct. I get that. But what about the things that we have to think about, that we have to analyze our lives with, Those are the gray areas. Those are the ones that it's not quite as simple. Those are the ones that, to be honest, people that just frankly want to try something or or think that it's their right to do it will generally go to the one side of it. Well, the people who are a little bit more conservative are going to go to the side that it's wrong. There's probably some wiggle room, and that's where the gray area is. Now, if you're here this morning, or morning, nighttime, if you're here tonight and you are grew up with a super conservative home and you're offended by marijuana, I'm not here to tell you that it's a positive thing. I'm not here to tell you it's a negative thing. Personally, I'm not one who subscribes that, to the thought that it's a great idea. But the point of this conversation is not to tell you the answer. It's for us to analyze our hearts. So I hope you know that this evening. Let's look at the Bible again. It says this in 1 Corinthians ten twenty three. This is Paul again talking, and he says, You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. What Paul is saying here is that there are areas in our lives where we could probably get away with it. There's areas in our lives that it's not the worst thing that we could do. It might not even be a sin. There might be some moving parts to the equation. There might be some moving parts to the conversation that make it not direct. There's going to be areas in our lives where we have to make decisions and we have to not just look at what we want to do but we have to look at is it beneficial? Not just the question, am I allowed to do it? Can I get away with it? Is God going to be really mad at me? Or is it okay? And that's a big moving conversation. That's a conversation that goes into holiness and trying to be more like Jesus. But here's, here's the conversation I want to have about this. Look At this scripture and if we look a little bit deeper into it what he's actually talking about is meat that was being offered as sacrifices to gods that didn't exist pagan gods like greek gods they'd be sacrificing meat and all this meat would don't know if you know this about gods that don't exist they don't eat meat so there'd be all this meat given and then it would just sit there so they're they're like all right well we might as well eat the bacon like it's all good don't want to waste meat so they would say like let's eat it right pretty simple but the question that was being brought to Paul was, hey, can we have that? Like, is that a problem? They were given to other gods other than, G- than God, than Jesus. Is that going to upset people? And basically what he says is this, is it, benef- is it allowed? Sure, but is it beneficial? And he actually goes more into the conversation and he says, if somebody knows, if somebody who doesn't believe or doesn't have the same worldview as you or might be confused by those actions is seeing it, then don't do it. You don't want to cause confusion and problems. But if no one's looking, whatever. It doesn't matter. So it's, see how that's not a simple conversation. And I'm not saying if no one's looking, go smoke weed. Like, you know, go if everyone covers their eyes, it's not a sin. That's not how this works, right? But it's an analytical look at the world around us and what we want to do and why we want to do it. And that's really what this comes down to. The conversation isn't so much can I. The question that I ask you when we're looking at this and other gray areas is why do I want to? With anything. Why? What is the motivation for everything we do? What is the motivation? Is it because I I would like to try it? Is it because it's my right? Is it because I'm offended that other people would be offended? What is the reason, what is the root, what's to gain, and what's to lose? Will this cause other people to have their lives not be better? That's a bad way to say it. But will this cause other people to struggle? Will this confuse other people? What's to gain and what's to lose? So when it comes to these gray areas, will this make me closer or further from God? That's really, if you take one thing away from this evening, here's the, here's the one thing we need to look at, not just when we're talking about marijuana, not just when we're talking about drinking, not just when we're talking about, I don't know, tattoos, whatever, whatever the areas are that you might have different opinions on and you might go back and forth with other people and decide, is it okay, or ask the question, can a Christian or a Jesus-based life follower do this, is does it make me closer or does it make me further from God? And really, that's the questions we need to be asking ourselves in everything we do in life. From the big, should I try this? Should I do this? Should I make this decision on my career or whatever it is? To every little decision that we do. You don't have to over-spiritualize it, make it into something weird. But literally, if you can look at a decision in your life and say, is this going to make me closer or further from Jesus? Or make me more or less like Jesus? That's the question to ask. And what I, well, I won't say, hey, yes or no, you should or shouldn't try it. I've already told you my opinion on it. I will say that you should never do anything that pushes you further away from being like Jesus. That's what we do in a Jesus-based life. It's inherently in that statement. Jesus-based life. Will this bring me closer to Jesus? Will this help me to act more like Jesus? He's the gold standard. He's who we want to be like because he was the best. He was caught. And he is God, and we want to be like Him. Will this decision take me further or closer from Him? And if we can honestly look at it and say, hey, this is going to make me less like Jesus, then don't do it. That's the pastoral response I'll give you as a pastor. That's what we need to look at it. So, when we're looking at things like marijuana, when we're looking at stuff like that, and I, obviously I've touched on some of the other areas, wh- why? What does it do for you? What do you gain? What do you lose? And every decision we do should try to make us more like Jesus, to, to be closer to God, and to live our lives in a way that's better. Life shouldn't be about how much can we get away with before it becomes a problem. It should be how much like Jesus can we be. And that's how you're going to find yourself living your life to the fullest. That's how you're going to find yourself being the happiest you can be. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to do everything that maybe you want to, or in this case, maybe try everything that you want to but does it do more harm than good? And this isn't just like I said on, on drinking or on, on pot. There's so many areas like this. I'll give you a good example for me. When we go back to that verse in 1 Corinthians, it says, it's allowed, but is it beneficial? Is it gonna cause more problems than not? I have tattoos. That's not that shocking for, for the world today, but there are older people in our lives who would have grown up, and here's the thing, we should never be upset with the older generation, because they're against tattoos. If you actually look into the history of it and why they are, it's not always, maybe there are some some people that are ignorant to things, and that's going to happen in every area of life. But when we look at the older generation, tattoos, like 70 years ago, were 100% about, like, or almost 100%, either uh, from prison or something to do with the occult. Like, not good stuff. There wasn't, like, just young adults going around with tattoos that had, like, song you know lyrics on it or whatever like christian song lyrics or crosses if it was a cross it was more of a prison tattoo it was usually negative things culture has changed and that's okay for me a tattoo is the on mine is a reflection of uh, of a bible story that i that i really really love and for a lot of people there's family meanings there's all these different things so is it inherently wrong for me to have a tattoo no you can get into the back and forth with me on that, but I'll, I'll, we can talk about that after. If you look at the Bible, there's not inherently wrong to get a tattoo. But here is the question. Why do you want to do it? Is it out of rebellion? Is it to, to tick off your parents? Is it about whatever? That's a problem. That's not beneficial. Do you want to show off your tattoo? This is where I run into it. My grandparents are subscribed to that worldview that tattoos are something that Satan worshipers and like, murderers have even though they know that I'm not either of those things. Clearly, I'm a pastor. I think that I can probably clarify with them that that's not my worldview or how I live my life, but they still would be very offended by it. So I would wear a shirt like this when I go to their birthday. Sure, I could show it off, but in that moment, I have to make that decision, is this the best for me? In those gray areas, is this the best for my life and the people around me? The key is to not live selfishly. Your life isn't just for you. Who is this going to affect? Does this better my life? Does this better the people around us? That's how Jesus lived his life. He wasn't worried about himself as much. Does this better the world around me? Does this make me more like God? That's the way to look at these. Another key way, and this is the one I'll close with. If you don't believe in Jesus yet, or you don't have a Jesus-based life, or subscribe to that, um, I encourage you to try praying. Try uh try looking at the Bible. If you're struggling in life to find ways to uh to live your life and, and to find purpose and to find hope, the Bible and God is a great way to do that and is the greatest way to do that. If you don't have a Bible and you're here tonight, come talk to me after I'd love to get you a Bible. The word of God will direct you, absolutely it will. The the Bible is the basis to live your life. And that's how we need to be working through these situations. When you're facing a gray area, I don't expect everybody, I don't make the right decision all the time. But that's where we need God's spirit to guide us. God communicates with us to tell us, this is either, yeah, you can go ahead with this, or check yourself. Check your heart. Why do you want to do that? So we need to be in constant communication with God. And he makes that available to us because he loves us and he wants to have a relationship with us. And that's the whole thing with relationship. So that's my challenge to you. Look at every, look at every element of your life and decide: is this better for me to do? Is this better for my relationship or not? Is this going to make the world around me better? Should I do this? Or is this just something I want selfishly? So I want to pray for you, and then i got a couple of announcements, and then we'll have the cafe open. we can grab some coffee. But if you just want to bow your heads with me. Let's do that today. God, thank you for everybody here and thank you uh, just that we can have conversations uh, about things that impact our lives and that we can look to the Bible and, and we, can, uh, we can get clarity on these topics and that, that there's nothing that the Bible can't help us with, God. And just pray that everybody here, that we would take a look at those areas of, in our lives, those gray areas, and that we would decide to go with the decision that brings us closer to you. In every decision we make, that we would choose the t- direction or the path that brings us closer to you. God, we pray that you would give us clarity. God, for people that may just be asking questions for the first time, that you would reveal yourself to them um, in, in a realistic way. God, I just pray that we would be as much like you as we can and that you would direct us in that direction. We thank you and worship you. Amen.